My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, and that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins, for the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful, my Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. This weekend, either today or tomorrow, depending on the diocese, the church celebrates the Feast of the Epiphany, the coming of those wise men to Bethlehem. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, we read in the Gospel of Matthew, in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. Epiphany is a word that means manifestation or revelation. And this is the manifestation or the revelation that Jesus, you are for everyone, and the church is for everyone. This is from the Catechism. The Epiphany is the manifestation of Jesus as Messiah of Israel, Son of God, and Savior of the world. The great feast of Epiphany celebrates the adoration of Jesus by the Magi from the East. In the Magi, representatives of the neighboring pagan religions, the gospel sees the first fruits of the nations who welcome the good news of salvation through the Incarnation. Their coming means that pagans can discover Jesus and worship him as Son of God and Savior of the world. Only by turning towards the Jews and receiving from them the Messianic promise as contained in the Old Testament. The other day I saw a sign on the side of the road that said, Newton is for everyone. (laughs) And I've lived in Newton for many years and It's a nice place, but it's not the most diverse place in the world. But it's a good sentiment, right, that it's for everyone. We want to be open to everyone. Everyone is welcome. Newton is for everyone. I think if you wanted to summarize this feast in terms of this aspect of it, epiphany, manifestation, Well, it's something like that, right? Christ is for everyone. The church is for everyone. And therefore, Jesus, we too, we want to say, well, I am for everyone. I I want to have goodwill towards all men. I want to help as many people as I can in the deepest and most profound way possible by bringing them to you or being a witness to your truth, loving them, as you have loved me with your love. Christ is for everyone, the church is for everyone, and therefore, I am for everyone. Lord, give us that greatness of heart, right? Magnanimity, we tend to think of magnanimity rightly as this virtue which lets us take on great tasks and do special or kind of amazing things. And that's true. It means greatness of soul, greatness of heart. 
But that greatness is also a wideness, an ability to love everyone and, and truly not to exclude anyone. And yes, we have to judge actions, but Jesus himself tells us, right? Judge not, right? judge not, lest you be judged yourself. Let God judge others and even ourselves. St. Paul says that he says, I don't even judge myself, right? Talk about being non-judgmental. <laughs> St. Paul says, I don't even judge myself, right? Let, let God judge me. Do my best. Lord, give us big hearts because the tendency of sinful, fallen humanity, the tendency of each one of us is to make things simpler. These are the good guys. Those are the bad guys. These are the sinners. These are the justified. And we just want to partition reality to kind of put everyone in their compartment and put ourselves in the right box and others in other boxes, good or bad. And just get on with life. It's simpler. And Christ is on the cross for everyone. And Christ is for everyone. And the Magi show up. And there are these foreigners from the East. And like, And Mary and Joseph marvel like, what in the world is, what are these people doing here with these gifts? And they've come from so far. And a star <laughs> guided them. Lord, give us big hearts. Christ is for everyone. The church is for everyone. I am for everyone. Newton is for everyone. And Jesus, help us to be up for an adventure, the adventure of seeking you and finding you and following you. Magi from the east arrived in in Jerusalem saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. So the star had disappeared. And they don't give up. They're humble. They ask for advice. Unlike many men, they stop and ask for directions. Not necessary anymore. Most people have the phones or the GPS, but... When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For thus it had been written through the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah, since you, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out and behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. This is a very brief description of the entire experience of the Magi. We don't have any of their backstory. So we have to kind of like fill in the blanks with our imagination. But they were seekers, Lord. They were looking for the truth. And their study and the experience of seeing the star led them to you, led them to find you. 
And to find you is to find God. And they had to do the work, right? They had to do the study and, and they had to get out of their comfort zone and leave their towns and make provisions for the journey. And it was a risk. It was an adventure. And there were ups and downs and the star disappears and they have to go deal with this terrible Herod guy. And even he, you know, he gives them good advice. Go and search diligently for the child, right? He tells them where he is. And so we too, Lord, we have to be up for the adventure, which is following you, which is our life, which is always going to be, in one way or another, stepping out of our comfort zone, daring to grow, daring to convert again, daring to take on things that maybe naturally, at first at least, we're not that good at or that comfortable with, but because we're looking for you and we think it's your will for us, well, let's do it, right? Let's take it on. What our father, St. Maria called sporting spirit, to be up for growth, to be up for challenges. Why? Because we want to find God. We want to find you, Lord. And we find you in our life. We find you by following the star of your will for us. This is Jeremiah. When you search for me, you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. When you search for me, you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. And these are the Magi, and this is us, right? Seekers risk-takers, going for it. We want true life. And to find you, Lord, and to follow you is also to find ourselves, is to finally be our true selves, us in you and you in us. And sometimes people make fun of that idea of finding yourself. It's like, well, where am I? Well, it seems like I'm right here. <laughs> And it's a typical caricature, you know, of someone who spends 10 years after college, you know, going from job to job and program a study to program a study and taking lots of hikes in the woods and trips around to think about things, see the world. And he asked him, what are you doing? Well, I'm trying to find myself. And it's easy to kind of make fun of, but if you think about life, it's like, well, it's pretty important to know who you are and what you're supposed to be doing. You've only got one shot in life. You want to make sure it's not a dead end or there's not too many wrong turns. And the assurance, Lord, that, that our life is not a dead end, that we truly find who we are and what we're supposed to be doing is to find you. It is to find you. I am the way and the truth and the life. I have come that you may have life and life to the full, right? The abundance of life. The abundance of life. When you search for me, you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. Lord, help us keep following you, looking for you. You are the star.
Benedict XVI has some beautiful reflections on the Epiphany. The Magi initiate a procession that continues throughout history at the universality of the church. So many men and women, potentially everyone, Lord, finding finding their meaning and their goal in you, in the faith. They represent the inner aspiration of the human spirit, the dynamism of religions and human reason towards Christ. And that's cool, right? Because we think we're looking for God, and we are. If you search for me, you will find me. If you seek me with all your heart. But it's also, of course, God looking for us. Jesus is the good shepherd who goes in search of the lost sheep. Jesus, you desire my love more than I desire your love. And my own desire for happiness and my own restless heart at times, because you're asking me to grow or you're asking me to pray better, do your will more generously with more trust. Well, that's not from me. It's something that Christ implants in my soul, in our souls, because he's looking for us. He instills in us the desire to seek him. And Pope Benedict puts this in a cool way with relation to the star. Because of of course in the in the ancient world and also now astrology was a thing and is a thing, right? That the position and the movements of the stars have meaning in, in pagan religions. And the kings, because God wanted them to, right, found Christ through astrology, apparently. There's a guy in my house who loves astronomy, and he got some sort of book on astronomy for Christmas. And I always like to troll him by confusing with astrology. You know, so I'm like, what's it say about Taurus for uh, the next month? You know, what's, <laughs> what's going to happen? And he gets all mad. Anyway, fake mad. but you know. This is Benedict. It is not the star that determines the child's destiny. It is the child that directs the star. What a beautiful way of, of analyzing this experience of the Magi. It is not the star that determines the child's destiny. It wasn't in the stars that were fated that Christ should be there. It was God, right? And the child is God that set it up that way. The child directs the star and through the star, he calls, he calls the Magi. When you search for me, you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. And that search, Lord, it seems like perhaps at times happenstance or coincidence or our own initiative. But that search, Lord Jesus, is directed by you. You're after me more than I'm coming after you.
And it's worth it. It's worth it. And behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star. And on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. They were overjoyed at seeing the star. And that joy continues, had to continue and increase. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. And then they give him gifts. Our father likened the star to our vocation. And that's interesting because we think, well, sometimes we think of finding something as a kind of on and off switch. Well, have you found Jesus? Yes, I found Jesus. And now it's like, well, now what, right? The search, if you found him, the search is over. Right? Like, got milk? Yeah, right. I got milk. I don't need any more milk. <laughs> but God is infinite, right? And our capacity to know and love God is something that has to be upgraded. It has to be developed. And so to find God in our vocation is not the end of the road. It's the beginning of a journey into more and more epiphanies, if you will, into more and more revelations, into more and more vision of God until, until heaven, when we have the beatific vision. So Lord, help us not to be too binary about finding you right, or being in the right place. There's always more, right? We can always be holier, which means we can always be more like you, be more trusting, be more charitable, be more apostolic, be more magnanimous. Help us, Lord, not to be complacent, not to rest on our laurels. This is St. Rosemary in Christ is passing by. We have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. We have had the same experience. We too noticed a new light shining in our soul and growing increasingly brighter. It was a desire to live a fully Christian life, a keenness to take God seriously. If each one of you were to tell aloud the intimate details of how his vocation made itself felt, the rest of us would conclude immediately that it was God's doing. Let us give thanks to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and to Holy Mary, through whom all blessings from heaven come to us. For this gift, the gift of our vocation, which along with our faith is the greatest the Lord can bestow on any of his creatures. It is a clear desire to attain the fullness of charity, the conviction 
that sanctity is not only possible, but necessary in the midst of our social and professional tasks. Gracias tibi Deus, gracias tibi. Thank you, Jesus, for the faith, and thank you, Jesus, for my vocation. Thank you for the star, Lord, that you've put in my life, that if I keep following, I keep finding. And the more I follow, and the more I begin again, and I see the star again, and I ask for advice when necessary, when things get dark or cloudy, and I persevere right, through difficult or dark times, well, the more I find, right? The more I seek and persevere, the more I find you, Lord, and the more I enjoy you. Look how gently the Lord invites us. His words have human worth. They are the words of a person in love. I have called you by your name. You are mine. God, who is beauty and greatness and wisdom, declares that we are his, that we have been chosen as the object of his infinite love. We need a strong life of faith to appreciate the wonder his providence has entrusted to us, a faith like that of the Magi, a conviction that neither the desert nor the storms nor the quiet of the oases will keep us from reaching our destination in the eternal Bethlehem, our definitive life with God. They were overjoyed at seeing the star. And Lord, we too, want to find our happiness and joy in you. Take delight in the Lord. We read in the Psalms, take the take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. When you search for me, you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. And where do we seek for him? Well, in our life, in our mental prayer, in our mass, in our work, in our friendship, in our family life, in our apostolate. He is everywhere, through him, with him, and in him. We live through him, we live with him, and we live in him. And the star is his will, right? In all those situations, Lord, in my prayer life, at work, at home, my friends, exercising, on the internet, on my email, watching TV, whatever I'm doing, Lord, I should be doing it as you want it. I should be doing what you want and trying to do it as you want me to do it. So then in a way, I'm always like searching for the star. What's The star is my vocation and my vocation is God's will for me. What's God's will for me in this and that, this other thing? But help us to search for you, Lord, because it's like the oases that our father mentions. You know, we can stop and think, oh, that's pretty good. This other thing I found. And we can waste a lot of time seeking and finding things that are okay. They're from God, but, but they're not the real McCoy, right? They're not him. Or somehow they're a little bit outside of his will. Or at times, if we're not careful, they're a lot outside of his, outside of his will. So Jesus, keep us from distractions, from looking for pursuing ends 
in a disordered way or ends that keep us from the real journey, right? The real adventure, the real search right, for you. And we know how easy this is, right? It's called the rabbit holes. People say, well, I went down a rabbit hole. These poor kids, you know, they grow up with these screens and it's unbelievable. But, you know, then they end up like they're 25 and they say things like, yeah, um, well, I get on YouTube shorts and then like three hours later, I, I realized that I've been on it. I'm like three hours. I feel guilty after like five minutes of of <laughs> just you know looking through funny videos and three hours and like on a weekday night. I mean these, whew, talk about you know fruitless searches. They keep us focused, Lord, right? With a certain discipline, right? A discipline of heart. And our will is important here, right? Um, unless we make rules, unless we make rules and have principles for how we're going to deal with things that are semi-addictive or very alluring or like rabbit holes of time wasters, well, then we're going to waste time or we're going to be super distracted and we're going to be dissipated and we're going to find ourselves perhaps in occasions of sin, as if wasting the time isn't a sin enough in itself. Because the mind and the will right, work on principles. And so you can tell yourself, no, I'm only going to watch this on Sunday for half an hour. And I'm only going to look into this thing that I'm interested after work, right, for a half an hour. I'm not going to like check it every three minutes during the day or every hour. I'm not going to go on the internet and just say, hey, let's see what's out there. That's total chaos. I'm not going to go on the internet and say, well, I have some time. Let's just go and see what's out there. I mean, you know, I don't know. You might as well do crack. Um, it's just, it's like, it's like one of the worst ideas ever. It's just to be on the internet, like wandering, right? Purpose, purposelessly. But we want to find you. Right? We don't want to just find whatever happens to be out there on TikTok or Instagram or whatever else is new these days. I don't know. And to find you, Lord, is to find ourselves. The early church canonized the Magi, which is kind of cool. Right? Like I think in the second century, they were canonized. And there's a shrine in Cologne that Pope Benedict XVI visited to the three magi. It's not clear if it's their tombs or not. You know, I don't think anyone's claiming that it's their tombs, but they call it the shrine of the, of the magi. And so to find you, Lord, was to find themselves. Like if we asked the magi, if you ran into one of the magi in heaven and said, hey, who are you? They wouldn't say, well, I was, you know, a professor of astrology in Persia. They'd say, I'm one of the three magi that found Jesus, right? So their identity is, is tied up completely in their discovery of Christ. This is their moment. This is who 
they are. This is what they were made for. This is what their whole life was pointing to. This is what made sense out of it all. Lord, was to find you in Bethlehem and to worship you, to be the first Gentiles to worship you. They prostrated themselves and did him homage and to be generous with you. They opened their treasures and offered him gifts. And so we too, Lord, we will find ourselves in you. We will find ourselves by finding you. Keep us on the right track and keep us from all silly, false, especially sinful deviations or distractions from this journey, from this search. We go to Our Lady. Our Lady is the morning star, the star that heralds the rising of the sun that is Christ. And so in a way, Our Lady is also our star, right? Stella Maris. If we keep our eyes on her and on her advice, do whatever he tells you, we'll always find Jesus in her arms. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.